You ready for Basecamp Fitness's best deal yet? Seven days for $7. That's right, seven days for $7. It's time to double down on your fitness goals and snag this offer before it's gone. Call or text Basecamp Fitness at 913-232-9770 or go to BasecampFitness.com to learn more. Wichita's home for Chiefs coverage. ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. I, I told y'all before the season, we got, we got Coach Andy Reid, we got guys like Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. We're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Coach Reid, there's some reports out there that you might retire. I, mean, I think I'm going to hang around. Uh, I'm not going to say Dynasty yet. We're not done. So I'm not going to say Dynasty yet. When you want the latest on your favorite teams, tune into Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Sports Center. I'm Doug Brown. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers has almost $60 million in guaranteed money waiting for him if he plays another season in Green Bay. He could also retire or be traded. And the Packers are hoping Rodgers will make a decision before the start of free agency in mid-March. The Broncos will hire former Denver head coach Vance Joseph as the team's new defensive coordinator. Former Chargers offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi will take an unspecified role on Sean Payton's staff. Back to work in the NBA tonight after the All-Star break. The Lakers hosting the Warriors. Can the retooled Lakers turn their season around and revive LeBron James's tenure in Los Angeles? ESPN's Jeff Van Gundy. It hasn't been the overwhelming success that I think everyone expected it to be. And if not for the bubble championship, it would probably be viewed by even him as disappointing to have not made the playoffs to have gone out early. Jeff Van Gundy on KJ and Max. College basketball, 11 Eastern on ESPN2. Gonzaga hosting San Diego. If you want to find quality new hires in the new year, post on Indeed. When you sponsor a post, you'll get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It's just a public service announcement. Sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes Welcome by the OV. Welcome to number two here on the Pulse on Wichita Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. You can also stream us on ESPNWichita.com. Tune in app on your smartphone and on your smart speaker. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Pat Strothman. Producing is Jack Johnson, 316-669-4996. That's the phone number. Don't call it now. It's busy. But we will be handing away tickets here before too long, so stay tuned for that. 316-247-0923 is the text line. Twitter, ESPN Wichita, Pat Strothman, Johnny J underscore 15. And you can send us a message on Facebook at ESPN Wichita 92.3. Coming up, we'll talk about Tyree Kill. He was in the headlines, so we will tell you why that is the case. And at 345, a three-question Thursday. But right now, we talk about the Kansas Jayhawks. We welcome in Matt Tate of the LJ World. And Matt, glad to have you back on the show. Kansas has three games left, a chance at winning another Big 12 championship, maybe even 
outright. Who would have thought that that would have been a possibility not so long ago when Kansas lost three in a row and everyone's thinking the world is coming to an end. But yet, Bill Self, it turns out he can coach a little bit, just a little. Yeah, everybody should have thought it. Now, how many people did is a whole other story. But, you know, with with that program, that head coach, some of the guys on this roster, you should have known not to count them out. And uh, the fact that they could get it outright is a little bit crazy. But, um, gosh, you know, they, they've they've looked like that type of team here over the last couple of weeks. They, they look like a team that is uh, among the best in the country and, um, they certainly have looked like the class of the Big 12. I mean, they, they handed it to Texas a couple weeks ago and um, did the same to Baylor recently after a, uh, a a tough first half, and then they really turned it on. So I think if you've watched them at all and uh, and, and tried to take inventory of how everyone else in the conference is playing, it's, it's pretty clear right now who the best team in this conference is. Um, they got three games left to settle it, though, and it'll be really interesting because even though these two games – coming up Saturday against West Virginia and next Tuesday at home against Texas Tech. Those are the games you'd want at this point in the season. They're bottom half teams. You'd rather play them than two top ten teams like Texas and Baylor. But um, that doesn't mean either one of those is going to be easy. There'll be uh, there'll be dogfights just like almost every game in the conference has been all year. So uh, the hardest part for this team right now is just kind of trying to, to stay in the moment, lock in, and not worry about the big picture because if you if you start looking ahead even just a little it can cost you in the immediate and and the here and now yeah no for sure what's been the biggest difference with this kansas team from that three game losing streak to where they are now what's been the biggest reason to why they've been able to get back on track you know everybody will point to their energy and and that's fair um i I think obviously they didn't have any energy in the first half against baylor and then they uh, found a lot in the second half, and, and you can see what that looks like when when they do and when they don't right there in that one game from half to half. So uh, that's that's definitely a big part of it. But more than that, I think I think guys are starting to understand even further just exactly what their roles are and what is expected of them. Because as good a year as Jalen Wilson has had, um, it was really easy for these guys to sit around and just say, okay you know, go do your thing and we'll follow along. And, and he needs more than that. If they're going to win at the highest level and they're going to make a run at defending their title and, and a Big 12 title and all those things, it, it can't just be on his shoulders. Um, I think it took those guys a while to figure that out and get comfortable with that, but you're starting to see that now. You're starting to see Grady Dick be more aggressive and and play more like a veteran than a freshman. You're starting to see DeWan Harris understand how important his role is as a scorer. Um, you're starting to see Kevin McCuller do the same thing. He gets to the free throw line. He plays great defense. I mean, all of those guys have, including K.J. Adams, who, who's really been pretty steady and solid all year, um, they've all understood and, and taken that next step towards saying, you know, this is our team. This isn't just Jalen and the Miracles. You know, this is a, this is a, a team thing, and we've all got to be uh, fired up and locked in and, and, and clicking and, and playing well. And, and if we do that, we're really good. And if we don't, we're vulnerable and can lose to anybody. So I think the, the understanding of that has really helped them a lot. Kevin McCuller, I want to go back to you talking about him as much as Dewan Harris gets a lot of attention about how key he is for this team. And no, make no mistakes about it, Matt. He definitely is a, a key player. You know, everyone's talking about the stat of what happens when he scores four points and how many straight games Kansas has won when that has taken place. 
yada, yada, yada. But to me, Kevin McCuller, I feel like, has been really the most important piece that has really developed as of late for Kansas. Do you, do you get the same feeling as, as I am, or, or maybe not? Or is it still DeWan Harris Jr. being still the key piece to the puzzle for Kansas? Yeah, I would still put DeWan above him um, just because of, of the numbers and what you can see. I mean, when he scores, it changes everything for this team. And when he doesn't or when he doesn't even look to score, they, they become really, uh, really beatable. And they don't look as good, and, and that hurts everybody on the roster. So, um, you know, and then, of course, you know what DeWan does defensively. Um, if, if you're trying to decide which one of those two is a better defender, um, I don't envy you because I don't think you can. I think they're both <laughs> really, really good at, at what they do. And they play defense a little bit differently. They, they have, you know, different strengths and styles and body types that, that aid them in their defense. And so it's, it's, it's not just apples to apples with that comparison, but, um, Gosh, man, it'd be it'd be really hard for me to take anybody over DeWan as a defensive player, um, but we'll see. You know, I mean, I, I think I do think Kevin's a, a critical part of this team. Don't get me wrong, and I think his defense has been really good here of late. He's uh, he's starting to attack more, which I think is really important on the offensive end. I don't I don't think he's a great shooter. I think sometimes he might think he's a better shooter than he is, and. Um, I think when he settles and relies on his jumper, it, it really hurts the team and it hurts his game. And so you haven't seen that as much lately either. And, and that kind of goes back with what I was talking about, the, the understanding of exactly what is needed, exactly what your role is, exactly what this team needs you to do for the team to be at its best. And, and um, that's not to say he shouldn't ever shoot a jump shot. You know, he, he's got to take rhythm shots. He's got to take open jumpers. But I love – the last few weeks, how he's even when he catches the ball in, in rhythm and, and looks like he could put it up. I love that he maybe pump fakes and looks to try to drive and get to the rim because he's he's their best free throw shooter and he's uh, been getting there a lot lately too and, and really really knocking down his free throws and looking reliable and and that's you know that's not anything you can have too much of. So um, you know it, it's yeah it, he came here as that third piece. Um, you know, coming into the season when he transferred, it was it was definitely Jawan and or Dewan and Jalen's team, and and uh, and then McCullough was a nice third piece to that, and and I think he's definitely stayed in that role, but he does offer a whole lot, and I think he's more confident than ever and and more comfortable than ever too. So um, yeah, they need them all. That's the bottom line. I mean, you know, they, they really do because. They don't have the best bench, right? And and the bench is coming along, and there's there there are moments where you start to think maybe they'll get something out of the bench, but um, it's still kind of an experiment and kind of a crapshoot, and you don't really know. And so um, when you know that's the situation and that's your reality, you can't have a luxury of having one of your five starters not be on. They've all got to be on. Yeah, without question, Matt Tate, sports editor and KU basketball beat writer for the Lawrence Journal World here on the Pulse on ESPN, Wichita 92.3 FM, Kansas in action this weekend, taking on West Virginia. We can talk about that game here shortly, but just getting a complete breakdown of the Hawks as of right now on February 23rd, 2023. Matt, you brought up the bench, and that is where I was going to go next. I felt like on Monday... To me, in the first go-around against TCU, I thought to myself, okay, TCU 
obviously dominated, but inside, that's where TCU killed KU. They made shots from deep, and TCU becomes dangerous when they make their, their shots from beyond the arc, but they were able to get to the rim, not a lot of protection there. I felt like going into the game on Monday, I felt so much better for Kansas, and it's only because Ernest Uday Jr. and the way that he's been playing as of late. I know he's not a guy that's going to go out there and drop 10 points per game. He's not going to grab 10 rebounds a night. He's not going to block 18 shots. But I felt like having Ernest Uday Jr. be available for the game on Monday, I felt like that was going to be a big difference maker. How big of a deal is it to have Ernest Uday Jr. at this point in how he is playing now compared to when he was playing before? Yeah, you're starting to see him play with real confidence and and uh, I think part of that's because he's been given an opportunity to, to play consistently and you know you, you got to have that if you're going to have any confidence come at all and um, so you know I, the kid's a very confident kid he was when he got here he was in the preseason I remember him talking before the the Champions Classic against Duke you know he he, he thought he was going to go out there and, and make a difference in that game and be a big part of it and not to say he wasn't. He had some moments in that game, but that's that's pretty pretty good talk for a freshman, and uh, especially so early in the season. So, you know, it obviously didn't go his way the rest of the season, and, and that was for a couple of different reasons. But he's definitely started to show a little bit of maturity and development and growth here in the last few weeks, a couple of months even. And, and, and part of it goes back to that game at Kentucky, which was a really, really big turning point for this team. They went down there and even though that's not the best Kentucky team, um, it's at their place. And you know Kentucky brought their best that night because Kansas was in town. And, and just the fact that these guys were able to, to find a way to go down and win that game was, was really big for them and, and big for guys like Ernest. So ever since then, he's, he's slowly but surely started you know adding layers and blocks to that confidence. And, and I, I think and I sound like a broken record, but I think it comes back to the idea that that he knows his role now too. You know, he he's not out there looking to do anything spectacular or looking to do anything different or, or trying to play a certain way because he really wants to impress or anything like that. He he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. You know, try to block shots, be a, a force around the rim, and, and on both ends really because catching lobs has been his number one thing that he's done well and. And, and and I think that you see his comfort in that, and and that's led to his production too. So um, he he's a big part of this team right now because KJ Adams is playing with a little bit of foul trouble lately. He's he's kind of uh, bitten by the foul bug lately, and he and he just can't seem to shake it. And and on top of that, he's just not as big and and long as Ernest is, and so. Um, he's still their best five-man option. He's still a starter. He's still a huge, huge part of this team. But it is nice for Kansas to have somebody who they can rely on to come off the bench and give them that different look if KJ does need a break or, or gets in foul trouble or whatever it is. So um, there, there's a lot to like about what Ernest is doing. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't think he needs to be outrageous for them to feel good about his production. I think if he makes three or four shots and – and grabs three or four rebounds, that's that's about it. You know, you play 10, 12 minutes, and you grab six points and, and three or four boards, and, and maybe you use your size to impact things that don't show up in the stat column. And, you know, you had a pretty good night, and that's all they need from you. So I, I do think he's an important part of it. And that's really how I feel about the whole bench. I mean, they, they're not they're not guys – and Self said this recently. I don't remember what game it was after. Um 
It might have been after the Texas game when, when Joe Yosefu had a pretty nice kind of quote-unquote breakout type of game. But, you know, he, he, he pointed out, self did, that, that it's, when you put guys in for starters and, and for first-team all-league guys and for, you know, first-team all-American guys in Jalen Wilson's case and things of that nature, um, it, it, it doesn't mean you're asking them to go out there and be those guys. You know, you don't need them to go score in bunches and, and – put up big numbers. You just need them to hold the line and, and make sure that it, it doesn't get away from you so that guy can get a break. And, and if you can score a little, great. If you can play some defense, great. If you can, you know, just run up and down five or six times and nobody scores, that's fine too. Um, but but I think maybe they've emphasized that a little bit more and, and these guys have a better understanding and feel for that because that's what you're starting to see from this bench. And, you know, even the other night against TCU, MJ Rice didn't play very well at all. I mean, he 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 looked lost. He, he missed a layup. You know, he, he just didn't have a memorable night. But he also scored a layup in transition. And when you win a game sixty-three to fifty-eight, and you only score sixty-three points, that two points is pretty big. And so these guys are starting to understand that 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 even the smallest of contributions, like that layup that MJ had on an off night for him. Um, you know, that that can be huge toward the big picture of what this team's trying to accomplish. So I, I just feel like this is a team, and, I, you know, I don't watch everybody all the time in college basketball. I don't have time to do it. But um, I, I'd be surprised if there, was, there were very many teams out there that were clicking as well as this group is and, and it, as comfortable with who they are as, as this team is right now. This, this team really looks like they've found their stride. And, and Self said today, at his press conference that, you know, he still, like he does every season with every team, he still hopes their best basketball is ahead of him. And, and if that's true, <laughs> uh, they're going to have a shot to make a real run. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it sounds like Bill Self. It, he definitely has that line <laughs> every single year. doesn't matter if his team is undefeated or whatever. Uh, he's always going to break that break out that line. That's, that's what he always does. I want to talk about Grady Dick. Since he is from Wichita, I do got to talk about him. Uh, I know looking at you know mock drafts, uh, I think a lot of us get caught up in it because the kid certainly has a bright future. His jump shot is, is certainly silky smooth. But as you brought up, he's been way more aggressive. And I can't help but just love what he had to say not too long ago. I know people are going to you know maybe remember him for, for shooting, but more so the one thing that he wants to be remembered for is, is the fact that he plays the game – extremely hard in what ways have we seen Grady Dick adapt to uh, this team and adapt to college basketball as a freshman here for the season well he does try hard and, and he has to try hard on defense because it's not his number one strength by any means so he he has to work hard on that end and I think you can see it you know whether that's trying to stay with a guy off the dribble or or trying to get set to take a charge or or you know getting his hands on on passes and deflecting balls and things like that. I mean, he, he does try really hard. And then on offense, I think it all comes natural to him. It's a lot easier. It's, uh, as you've seen, it's a lot more fun for him and, and really probably for most people. Um, but he's got a ton of personality and, uh, I don't know what it is about his knack for being in the right spot at the right time, but in some of these games where they've been down and had to come back, it always seems like Grady's the one that hits the shot that puts them over the hump, that gets them the lead. And that certainly was the case the other day against Baylor. Um, when they when they got their first lead in the second half, it was it was a three pointer from Grady Dick, and um, it just fits perfectly, man. Because he 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 then 
celebrates with the crowd or does some ridiculous uh, dance or hand gesture or whatever it is that really adds to the to the energy in the building. And and uh, that's he's like Christian Brown, right? And, he's he's this year's Christian bit, Brown. Yeah, a little bit. That's that's not not too far off by any means. Um, but yeah, I mean, Grady's Grady's had a monster freshman year. I I think it's easy to overlook that because. Um, Jalen's been so good, and and uh, you know you you've got guys like Dewan and Kevin, and, and even KJ, who's my my money's on KJ for most improved player uh, when the Big Twelve awards come out in a couple weeks. So um, I, I don't know who would be more more improved than him, and uh, especially on such an important role uh, with 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 possibly the the league champs. So um, you know, there's there's been a lot of guys and a lot of things you kind of look to that. That maybe you just that, that inspire you to maybe think, well, Grady's just another another piece out there, and he's he's a nice freshman, but blah blah blah. But he's better than that, man. He's he's a he's a crucial part of this team, and especially their offense and and their scoring. And uh, I think when you start looking at his numbers against other you know one and done type freshmen or or really talented guys who were here more than a year um, as freshmen, they. they his numbers are as good as, as most, if not all of them. And I don't know that that's only being uh, looked at and embraced and, and realized and accepted right now. Um, and, and I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it is because of the sum of the parts and the whole team and everybody's so focused on that. But, uh, but the kids had a monster year. And, uh, and, you know, I think what's, what's so nice from the Kansas perspective is that He's averaging, I don't know what it is, 14.7 or something like that, right around there. And, you know, it's a good year. That's not going to blow your mind or wow you every time you see the number or anything like that. But it's a really solid year for a Bill Self player especially. What's incredible about it, though, is that in Grady Dick, this team has a guy that they know can go for 30 any time. I mean, any given night against any opponent, he could he could get red hot and they could find ways to get him the ball, and he could make every shot, and he could go for 30. And he did something close to that the other night at Oklahoma State when he went for 26, and it was a career high. And, and uh, you know, it was a huge, huge part of the reason they won that game. So I, I think that I, I think that this has to have been as good a year as he could have hoped for um, from a personal standpoint, and, and I'm sure that – you know the big goals are still there. They want to they want to win it all, and if they do that, then that's when I think he would say, "Yeah, it was the best year I could have hoped for." If they fall short of that, then he'll say, "No, we always could have won." So um, that's just the kind of kid he is. But but I think his uh, his aggressiveness and his his willingness to take some of that burden on his shoulders of the importance that he carries as a scorer for this team. Um, he looks more comfortable in that role than he ever has right now. And, and that's really good timing for Kansas because uh, they need him to continue to be that guy and, and be that threat. Last one for Matt Tate here on the Pulse. All right, Matt, what is the biggest hurdle for Kansas to still overcome? Maybe that's a loaded question because we all know the NCAA tournament is all about matchups, and you just never know what it's going to look like until you officially see the bracket be released, but what's the biggest hurdle for Kansas to overcome going into the month of March? Oh man, that is a tough one. I, I you know, I think their energy it has to be the answer. I, I think that you know they've made a living off of getting in holes and finding a way to come back 
and I know they're very confident in that, and I know that they, you know, believe that they're never out, and they aren't going to let people count them out, and they're going to make people that do count them out look bad for doing it. Um, but I, I think that we've seen enough with this team that when their energy is low, um, that 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 puts them in in a dangerous spot. And uh, a couple of times this year, that's been that's been an early tip off. The early tip off in Ames, Iowa, was was terrible um and and i think the early tip off at home against tcu too when they got rocked so um if you're pinpointing it exactly i would say an early tip off in the ncaa tournament is not what you want to see if you're a kansas (laughs) fan um sure in any of the rounds and and you know that would most likely be first or second round uh because once you get past that they're usually all in the uh in the prime time slots, at least five or, or later, and, and I think that works for KU just fine. But um, their reliance on that quick start, that burst of energy, when when they have it, they do what they did against Texas or they do what they did against Baylor in the second half, and when they don't have it, they can dig that hole. And I just don't know how many times you want to play with fire. I don't know how many times you want to, you want to keep putting yourself in that position and believing you're going to get out of it because there's a good chance one of these times you're not going to get out of it. And so um, so I would say that the biggest thing that they need to watch out for and make sure they're able to overcome the hurdle, if you will, if that was the question, is just uh, call in whatever favors at CBS or Turner or whatever you can and make sure you don't have that, that early tip time because that, that doesn't bode well usually. <laughs> We're speaking of, of phone calls. Did you phone in to the Denver Broncos to tell them to hire Sean Sean Payton? Is that what you did? I know you're a big Broncos I didn't, guy. I didn't even have to make that call. You know, I, I didn't even have to make that call. It was so <laughs> obvious. And and as that search played on, it was like there was there were people trying to make you think it might not happen, and that was infuriating because that was the only obvious move. And I I really, as a Broncos fan, I hope that Chiefs fans, Raiders fans. Chargers fans, whoever, I hope that they are sitting here today feeling about the Sean Payton hire the way I felt when the Chiefs hired Andy Reid because that was that was a big time bummer. I was like, oh crap, they got a real coach now, and yeah. you know, turns out that's very very true. Andy Reid's a, a, a freaking Hall of Famer, a legend, and he's done very well for them. So uh, I hope that you know Sean Payton can bring the same and and at least make it competitive and, and be interesting. And, and if he fixes Russ, he fixes Russ. I'll take it. If he doesn't, um, I got enough faith in him that he can do, do more than that and, and, and still have them competitive with somebody else or whoever the heck it is. So, yeah, it's exciting stuff, though. It, it, it at least makes it um, like you feel like you got a chance. <laughs> Absolutely. Matt, you're the best. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy this weekend against West Virginia and have a blast covering March Madness. You bet, man. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Absolutely. Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World here on The Pulse on ESPN, Wichita 92.3 FM. Follow him at MC Tate, T-A-I-T, on Twitter. He does excellent work for the Lawrence Journal World, sports editor there, KU basketball beat writer. Maybe we'll get him on when we get a little bit closer to March Madness, but certainly that was you know, it's it's awesome, awesome stuff there with Matt Tate does a lot of good work for the KU faithful, if you will. All right, let us take a break. Phone lines are open at 316-669-4996. Let us go ahead and give away a family four-pack of tickets 
to Monster Jam this weekend at Interest Bank Arena. 316-669-4996. Be caller number two. These are for the Saturday night session at 7 o'clock. Not one on Saturday, not one on Sunday. 7 o'clock on Saturday. Family four-pack of tickets. Monster Jam taking place this weekend at Interest Bank Arena. Be caller number two right now at 316-669-4996. When we come back, Tyreek Hill is in the news. I was a little bit surprised with what he had to say. That's next here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita. The heartbeat of Wichita sports fans. The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liquorella. And this is Brian Davis with another great special on Seamless Cabernet, only $9.99. And don't forget WBC's Wooshock Wheat Six Packs, just $8.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. Sean, what are you doing? Get in my car. So why are you walking to work? <sighs> Thanks, man. It's these insanely high gas prices. They're draining my bank account. I can't afford to drive anymore. Dude, don't walk. Just do what I do because I never pay full price for gas anymore. I use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Oh, wait. You're telling me you get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200. Wow, that's serious cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FULL for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code FULL. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FULL for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code FULL for a $5 bonus. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Tango Day, everybody. Follow after me and step and bet and slide and dip. That's Tango. Why is Ice-T leading our Tango class? It's probably the heart-shaped Honey Nut Cheerios. He found out they can help lower cholesterol. Now he's having fun taking care of his heart in all sorts of new ways. Let's see those hips move, people. Hurry and get your heart-shaped Cheerios. They're only here for a limited time. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public, and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. All session tickets are now on sale, and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Are you following ESPN Wichita 92.3 on social media? Check us out on Facebook and Twitter by searching at ESPN Wichita for the latest podcasts, breaking sports news, special giveaways, broadcast schedule, and so much more. Plus, you can visit ESPNWichita.com to listen to our daily national and local sports programming by streaming live or downloading our podcasts. 
It's all on ESPN Wichita 92.3, Wichita's all-sports radio station, at ESPN Wichita on social media, and online at ESPNWichita.com. Congratulations to Michael. He is going to uh, Monster Jam on Saturday at Interest Bank Arena. He is a winner of a family four-pack of tickets. Appreciate Michael for listening. Appreciate you all for listening here to The Pulse on Wichita Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Coming up, three-question Thursday. Before we get to that, so Tyreek Hill, he's back in the news. The reason why he's back in the news, LaShawn McCoy. Jack already touched on Shady McCoy and his comments involving Eric Bieniemy. I figured, well, let's play the comments from Shady McCoy first in case you haven't heard. Here is LaShawn McCoy talking about Eric Bieniemy, who's now the new offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. With the Commanders. I hope he doesn't, but I think he will. What's his value? What makes him a good officer coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching, and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you what Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about... Um, Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film of practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. Mm. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Then you, then you go to the, the Washington, where you got to call plays. You got to run the meetings. You got to run the installs. The last issue I have with him is what makes Andy Reid so great, not the call, the, the play calls, which we see that, which I mean, that's one of it. But the other thing is like adapting to the players. Well, the enemy, he's my first practice. I couldn't believe it. He's dog coaching, he's dog cussing the players. I'm like, and not just the regular players, Kelsey, you know, you know, other players. So it's like, it's hard for me. I'm rooting for him because. He's a black coach, and I love to see black coaches win. Also, he's a running back coach. Running back coaches don't never get a chance to be True. office coordinators. The yep. last one was like Anthony Lynn. So I want that to, 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 to do well for him. But if I got to do my job, I'll be honest, my thing is just where is the true value at? Is it then, is it have anything to do with him being black in your opinion? Obviously, uh, you ain't Roger Goodell. You don't know. You know what? Absolutely not. But people want to win. The color thing, I, I get it. It, we, it should be more black coaches. I definitely believe that. But if you come up for the Chiefs, they want to win. It has nothing to do with the, with the color barrier at all. LaShawn McCoy sounds a little salty. Just a little. Of all the flavors you choose, you choose to be salty. Like that meme there, Jack? Have you seen that meme? Sure A-plus. you have. <laughs> do you think of, of the one with, uh, is it the grandma licking a, a, a popsicle? Is that the one, like the most popular picture that people use? I, I think that's the one I'm going with. Yeah. I figured as much. LaShawn McCoy, his thoughts there on Eric Bieniemy. By the way, he played just for a few months with Kansas City in 2019. 
Philadelphia Eagle from 09 to 14, Buffalo Bill from 15 to 18, Tampa Bay Bucks for a year, Kansas City Chief for a year. That's coming from LaShawn McCoy. Eric Bieniemy, he did address media members today. He was asked about LaShawn McCoy and his comments, and I don't have the ability to play it right here and now. It was on Twitter. It was a 35-second clip, and it's it's very vanilla. I, did, I didn't need Jack to go and really find it. Eric Bieniemy basically just said, look, that's his opinion. Everyone has their own opinion, just the way it goes. He did have a fake smile at the end. Maybe it was a real smile to some people, but to me, I'm like, he's smiling like going, LaShawn, you're a moron. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the way that he kind of smiled. Looked like a fake one. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy. Boy, how well do you really know Eric Bieniemy? The guy got on you, man. And at the end of the day, the one thing I got to say is, you want a guy that's going to get on the Hall of Famer and get on the rookie the same exact way. Because at the end of the day, those guys need to be pushed just like the rookies. That's what you want out of an offense coordinator, out of a coach just in general. You want someone to push. Doesn't mean you have to go out there, yell, scream. Everyone has their different tactics, and we can sit here and argue about which tactic is best, so on and so forth. But Shady McCoy, look, brother, just because he got on your ass doesn't mean, like, the guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Maybe you should take his words to heart and actually learn something from it. Oh, and by the way, after that one little brief moment there for the Chiefs, you went with the, well, excuse me, you went to the, the Buccaneers, and that was it. You're done. You're out, you're out now. Now he lasted, you know, a pretty decent time in the NFL. He was there for 11 years, but still. Bro, guys just trying to get you to, to be better, man. And just because that you were the, the you-know-what there with the Eagles and with the Buffalo Bills doesn't mean squat, man. You're on a new squad. It's a new coach. He doesn't care if you're a Hall of Famer or a rookie. He's going to treat you the same way. And that's what good coaches should be doing. You shouldn't be giving a special treatment to Travis Kelsey because he is the game's greatest tight end. That shouldn't happen. And I believe Travis Kelsey even – did Travis Kelsey talk about Eric Bieniemy earlier this week or no? Am I wrong, Jack? Maybe I'm just I, thinking of an old spat that he had. I would have missed it. I probably, It might have been over the old yeah. spat uh, when, yeah, he shoved Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, because he had – he shoved Eric Bieniemy. Right, exactly. And and that, that happened. Like, just the way, way it goes, man. Like, you get competitive. People want to win. Well, that brings us to Tyreek Hill and what he had to say. And I was fully expecting Tyreek Hill – to say some stuff, to get people to talk about it, to get all the attention for his podcast. Instead, this is what he had to say on his podcast. Running back and EB coach running backs. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So, like, he made me understand who I was as a player. And to him, mm-hmm. it's bigger than football. Like, playing football is, is part of the blessing. But outside of football, who you are as a person, how you carry yourself every day as a person, that's mm-hmm. That's the message what he was delivering to me, dog. That made me realize who I was. That made me understand my true power. And truth be told, not a lot of people will understand EB as a coach because right. he's a yeller. He, he like to yell. He like to do this and that. Right. But that right. phase me, bro. I must be able to sit there and right. listen to you and talk to you and do whatever you got to do. As long as you right. get the message to me. You feel me? I was a little bit stunned that Tyreek Hill was actually that complimentary toward Eric Bieniemy. 
because there for a little bit, it was him talking about Tua Tagovailoa being a better passer, being a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes. And Tyreek Hill there for a little bit made it, made it seem like that he didn't like the Kansas City Chiefs. He said that they didn't utilize him the right way. They didn't give him the right targets. All that hoopla that took place not too long ago. I'm actually kind of surprised that he actually said something nice about a Kansas City Chief, whether it might be a coach or a player. A little bit stunned, to be honest with you. Because I was expecting another shock value type of quote from Tyreek Hill for his podcast to get some subscribers. Instead, he kept it real. He basically said, look, LaShawn McCoy, you know, Eric Bieniemy, running backs coach, so maybe things are a little bit different there. But Tyreek Hill basically called out LaShawn McCoy on Twitter and said, look, bro, just because he got on you for you know trying to hold the ball closer to your armpit than holding out like a loaf of bread, it doesn't mean that he's a bad coach. He's going to fail as an offensive coordinator somewhere else other than Kansas City. Tyreek Hill calling out Shady, which I am all on board with. Because LaShawn McCoy, you were there for a hot second. Tyreek Hill was there for a little bit longer. I think I'm going to trust Tyreek Hill. And I'm going to trust all the other players <laughs> that have backed up Eric Bieniemy. Although there for a little bit, we were we, we were wondering about Patrick Mahomes and his opinion on, on Eric Bieniemy. That was a big storyline last year in the offseason. I think we talked about it a couple different times here on the show. Patrick Mahomes... You ask him about Eric Bieniemy, I think he says all the right stuff. I think a lot of people are like, I don't know if he truly means it. There are a lot of former players like Tyreek Hill that are are stepping up to the plate and defending EB. I don't think anyone else has really agreed with LaShawn McCoy. Jamal Charles, the all-time leading rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs, he addressed LaShawn McCoy directly on Twitter. I have to disagree with you, Shady. The enemy coached me for years. I learned so many things for EB. It's things, but he put thing for EB, and I still keep in contact with him. A great husband and father. He deserves to be a head coach. And I have to, uh, I have to address this too, Jack. I don't know if I if I sent this to you or not. We ran, we ran into Jamal Charles in Phoenix. <laughs> I didn't they know were that. walking. Yeah, we went. We ran into Jamal Charles in Phoenix, and it was like we're walking, and there's this guy decked out in all gray, and Jason Anderson of uh, Sports Radio 810 WHB, or sister station. <laughs> he goes, Jamal, and Jamal's like, "Oh, who the hell knows me?" And Jason's like, "Hey, we're from Kansas City." So we ran into Jamal Charles, got a quick picture with him. He was on the gill. We end up going to a sushi place for dinner. We're set to walk out. Jamal Charles is walking in. And we're like, are you stalking us? Like, what's going on? He started to laugh and wasn't nearly as annoyed as he was the first time. And then when Jason was waiting for his Uber to go back to the airport, he ran into Jamal Charles again. Three times (laughs) Jason Anderson saw Jamal Charles in a span of of three days. That was pretty funny. So Jamal Charles talked about Eric Bieniemy. Tyron Matthew, he uh, had a tweet. Man, you blanked up with it. That's what he said. I'll let you fill in the blank. Former Chiefs guard Jeff Allen, he was among those who retweeted Matthew's tweet. Former safety Ron Parker also took issue with McCoy. Tyree Kill was the one with the podcast, so he publicly addressed the situation. Didn't see one person talk about Eric Bieniemy in a bad way. 
316-247-0923. Got this from the text line. I don't get the reaction on Shady's take. Other players also say Eric Bieniemy calls them names and insults them throughout practice. Now the other players are okay with that. They think that's just part of coaching, but a lot of people don't like being cussed out. I don't like being cussed out at work. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. Yeah, some guys, like I said, we can sit here and we can, we can debate what is a good strategy or not when it comes to coaching. We can debate, you know, some of the greatest coaches of all time and their tactics and them being yellers or some not being yellers, some being players coaches. There's not a one size fits all answer to this of what is the most ideal coach and how they should coach. Matt Vitteram in hour number one was talking about Sean Payton and how he thinks that marriage with Russell Wilson, he thinks that marriage is going to be really interesting to follow for next season. I know Matt Tate likes Sean Payton, but I like to agree with Matt Vitteram because Sean Payton is, is definitely a different guy compared to Russell Wilson, who we all know is a very different cat because the guy's doing high knees in, the, in an aisle for a, an airplane while it's up and running. We can sit here and debate coaching tactics all day long. You're right, texter, for I say, I don't like being cussed out at work. No one likes being cussed out. But by golly, sometimes it, it's a good motivational tool for some people. I, for one, I'm, I'm with you. I'll, I'll go back to my boys basketball coach back at Nemohaw Valley. I didn't like some of the things that he said to me, and I didn't respond in the greatest of ways. And then he came at me in a different way, and guess what happened? I played my best basketball. It's funny how that works. Sometimes those those tactics, you come at someone in a different way, you get the best out of someone. So maybe LaShawn McCoy is a guy who doesn't want to get cussed out, which is fine, I guess, but you also have to have some accountability. You're getting paid. You're a professional football player. Everyone's going to have egos. Just swallow your pride pill and just understand that you're you should be thankful to be a part of the Kansas City Chiefs organization. Because LaShawn McCoy could have been done after Buffalo. Could have been over. His career could have been done, and it kind of was already. Got an additional two years to the Bucks and the Chiefs. All right? Got an additional two years. So instead of nine, he lasted 11. Whatever. I just don't understand why LaShawn McCoy is the only one going on this tour to talk smack about Eric Bieniemy. He's done it multiple times now. Like, bro... Look at look at the way that you're you're being portrayed here. If you think this is your calling card to get more airtime, I I just don't buy it. I'm going to trust other guys that've been around Eric and the enemy a whole heck of a lot longer than just six months. So Tyree Kill, Shady McCoy, a little bit of Chiefs noise there involving former offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, who's now with the Washington Commanders. Before we take a final break, let me tell you about our friends at Twin Peaks. Happy hour taking place right now, Ridge and Taft, 21st and Rock. I was at Twin Peaks yesterday. Unfortunately, it wasn't during happy hour. And I did not capitalize on a margarita on National Margarita Day. I know that's terrible. I should have done it. But I had to show, I had a show to do. I didn't want to come on here and have some issues. Although I don't think one margarita is really going to knock me out, but still. Didn't want to do that. 
Right now, Lent is taking place, and Twin Peaks has you covered for Lent. Try the fish and chips bundled with a 22-ounce draft for a steal on Fridays or reel in one of their other seafood options like black and fish tacos. When I was out there at Twin Peaks yesterday at Twin Peaks East, I saw the tacos. Holy smokes, that was a lot of food. And I was like, man, these fish and chips are great. Should have gone with fish tacos. So I might do fish tacos tomorrow. Shrimp Caesar, char-grilled salmon. I bet you the salmon is ridiculously good, too. That's Twin Peaks, Ridge and Taft, 21st and Rock, the two locations in the city of Wichita. Happy hour going on right now, and no one does happy hour like Twin Peaks. We wrap up the show next with a three-question Thursday with Jack Johnson. That's straight ahead here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita. The heartbeat of Wichita sports fans. The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Carla's retiring early next month. We're all going to have to learn to pick up a slack. The dessert-making role at Sawyer's Restaurant, deserted. They need a new pastry chef who can souffle like it's a piece of cake. Come on, guys, we've got a line out the door. How much longer for those croissants? Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by conducting interviews on Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the double your refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4 Visit JacksonHewitt.com for rules. What's the best product I bought this year? Oh, that's easy. Salon Paz Pain Relieving Patches. The proven medicines in Salon Paz Patches reduce my pain and let me do the things I need to do every day. In a recent clinical study, patients using Salon Paz reported improved sleep, mood, and the ability to work. They had less pain and were able to reduce their use of oral pain medications. For pain, I use Salon Paz. It's good medicine. He sent me to. Sponsored by Hizumitsu. Make your 4th of July celebration even bigger this year with savings on everything you need to get your yard ready for summer. Make sure your flower beds and bushes can handle the heat with special savings on Vigoro Mulch, now at a new lower price of $2.98 a bag. Keep the sun off your soil and water in the ground. Plus, add a fun pop of color that will last up to 12 months. So hurry in and get your yard ready for celebrating in the sun. Feels like 4th of July at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Available in-store and online. Color selection varies by store. Paid for by government.com. Have you heard? A recent stash of 1904 Morgan Silver Dollar coins has been found. These gorgeous 1904 O Silver Dollar coins are as bright and shiny as the day they were struck. This is a key date for Silver Dollar collectors, and only a limited quantity are available. Coin experts are calling this an amazing opportunity for anyone interested in silver coins. Just call government at 1 800 473 0982, and you are guaranteed a mint condition 1904 O Morgan Silver Dollar featuring the iconic O mint mark of the New Orleans Mint. The final 
final year of production, but with limited quantity, you must call now. These 1904 O-Silver coins are still in uncirculated condition. That is 117 years of history you can hold in your hand. To learn more, call 1-800-473-0982. Call now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's Bonus Package, a $25 value free with every order. Call 1-800-473-0982 now to secure your 1904 O-Morgan Silver Dollars before they sell out. That's 1-800-473-0982. Just around the corner, the the program with Sren Petro from 4 to 6. After that, we have overtime tonight at 6 o'clock. No Jerome Tang show. That will be tomorrow at 7. We do have more KCAC tournament basketball for you. We'll be in Hillsboro for the women's basketball quarterfinals. Number 5, St. Mary at number 4, Tabor. Our coverage begins at 7 o'clock here on ESPN Wichita. All right, Jack, what do we have in store for a three-question Thursday? Are they going to be just as weird as last week, according to Jason the Drake Justice? Uh, maybe you can be the deciding factor in that because <laughs> I'll try to keep it sports-related here. I don't, but even, I don't even remember what you I, asked last I week. I couldn't remember what I asked either. Uh, first question, though, <laughs> will Kansas win the Big 12 by at least – two games oh my gosh jack's gonna say yes because jack already gave me his thoughts you, you told me your thoughts in a text message uh, you're going Aaron out, Aaron out that's i gotta i gotta stop texting you man you need to stop you need to stop texting <laughs> see all the texts are you they're fair game out. man they're they're fair I've, they're fair Shane's, game shane and me have secrecy and in, in messages we send oh and my forth. gosh well that's because <laughs> you're probably talking smack about me and no one's gonna want to talk about that so come on <laughs> You don't want that to go out. You don't want that dirty laundry to go out there. At least with mine, at least when I texted you, it's like, I don't text you all that often because I, you know, half the time Jack is probably partying by the time I'm texting him. But, uh, yeah, I, you've said KU, I think KU can win by multiple games. I said two games. I think, I think, I think KU wins by one. One game would be good. I think they win outright by a game. That's what I would say. Outright by a game. All right. Question number. Outright by a game. Let's go question number two with Kansas State. Will they get any higher than a three seed? Ooh. Oh, man. That's a good one. Really, really good one. Let me think about it for two seconds here. So I know Texas, I like to think that Texas is going to lose – Lose. I think they're going to lose one. Well, that means they'll probably lose. They'll probably lose two. They have to lose two because they'll. They'll if they lose to Kansas straight up and they lose to Baylor and Kansas wins out, then yeah. I have a feeling though that Texas is going to beat KU when the game's not going to matter when KU has a two game lead. That's my prediction there. K State right now is K State is the three right now because they have the tiebreaker. Over Baylor, correct? Correct. They swept Baylor. They should beat. They should beat Oklahoma State. They should win at West Virginia. Although I can see that being a major trap game for Kansas State, and they should beat Oklahoma. I can see K State winning out. But the question is, what happens to Texas? Do I think Texas? 
is Texas going to drop? There's no way. They're not going to be any higher than the. They'll, they'll be a three. I think. I think they'll stay as a three seed. Right now, I believe Joe Lunardi, not Luinardi, like I said, has them as Lunardi. 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 <laughs> he can he can spell his name however he wants. It's Lunardi. 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 <laughs> Who the hell cares? Uh, Anyways, I know, they, I know, I just, I just love it though because, yeah, it, I, Lunardi, I love it when people Lunardi. mispronounce names because I, I do it sometimes too, and people will give me crap for it. So nothing. Lunardi, Lunardi, Lamalardi. <laughs> who cares about his name? He puts out brackets. K State is a three seed in the Midwest region right now. And lastly, will the Chiefs package any of their picks and move up in the first round in the 2023 NFL Draft? Will they move up? And by the way, I, I guess I misread. Uh, I, I I guess I missed out the question there. The last one, um, you know, three seed. Yeah, K State's not going to be higher than a than a three for the NCAA tournament. I'm sorry, I thought you meant for the Big Twelve tournament. That's no, my either fault. way. Yeah, that's my fault. And so the last one with the Chiefs package anything to move into the first round or move up in the first round? Correct. I mean, they got the flexibility, man. Brett Veach is not afraid to do it, and if they got someone that they really love, I'm trying to think if you can get yourself a left tackle in the top 15. Can they pull that off is the real question. I have to go back and do some research on that. Maybe we'll adjust that once we get a little bit closer to the NFL draft and start looking at position groups and all that stuff. I'll probably say, yeah, if the right player is there, don't be surprised if Kansas City moves up. They got 11 picks. They're not going to use all 11. If they do, that would be incredible, but I don't think they're going to. So, sure, if they're going to move up. Maybe they'll move up in the first round. And not to mention, drafts in Kansas City. So there you go. All right, we are done for today. If you missed any of our show, which featured Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, Matt Fritteram of NFL Fansided, audio from MJ Melendez, Wichita State Thoughts, Catch it on the podcast page, ESPNWichita.com, Spotify, and Apple Music. For producer Jack Johnson, I'm Pat Stroutman saying so long, Wichita. See you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.